lighten our eyes and let us keep your word. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. I want to thank the leadership of the church for granting me the opportunity to stand before the people of God to teach the word. Amen. Tonight I'll be talking about developing a thankful heart. And we shall go through what it is. We shall go through what it means not to do it. And then how to develop it. So what is a thankful heart? What does it mean to have a thankful heart? A thankful heart can mean you have a thankful attitude. You are full of thanks for God. It also means being grateful. Having a sense of being impressed by something you have received from someone. And you are ready to acknowledge it. You are ready to recognize it, accept it, and to show it. It is a feeling. It is a positive emotion we feel. So even as Godwin sang the song, we could identify with thankfulness. It brought some thankfulness to us. We remembered certain things God had done in our lives. So it is very positive and it is always triggered by some event. It can be seen or unseen. So this agreeable emotion is also accompanied with a goodwill towards the benefactor. It's accompanied by a goodwill towards the person who we are receiving from. So in response to the goodwill that we want that person to receive from us, we worship, we express it, we give gifts. So um, normally um, when you do something for somebody, you want to say thank you the next day. Um, But we have taken it even further by giving gifts to people who we feel thankful towards. Amen. So this virtue, this virtue implies that you want to have a relationship with your benefactor. You want to have a relationship with your sponsor. It gets to the point where You even want to die. You want to lay down your life. You want to worship your benefactor or your sponsor. So what do we feel thankful for? We thank God most of the time. We also thank other brethren. We thank... um, Some people do not say thank you to children, but they are also included. People thank circumstances for um, bringing them um, whatever favor that they have received. And often we notice that thanksgiving, honoring God, magnifying God is intertwined. So when we are praising God in song, in worship, these three things just show up. And so when we read Psalm 69 verse 30, It says, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him 
with thanksgiving. Magnifying the Lord means we are also thanking Him. So when we look at Luke chapter 17 verses 11 to 19, you notice that the ten lepers were cleansed. So let me read it briefly. As Jesus made his way to Jerusalem, he went along the border between Samaria and Galilee. He was going into a village when he was met by ten men suffering from a dreaded skin disease, that is leprosy. They stood at a distance. They stood at a distance because they were not allowed by the law to mix with um, normal human beings. And God in his wisdom allowed that so that the population will be preserved from that disease and that it will not be transferred from people to people. And shouted, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Jesus saw them and said to them, Go and let the priest examine you. On the way, they were made clean. When one of them saw that he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself to the ground at Jesus' feet and thanked him. The man was a Samaritan. Jesus spoke up. There were ten who were healed. Where are the other nine? Why is this foreigner the only one who came back to give thanks to God? And Jesus said to him, Get up and go. Your faith has made you well. So let's examine the attitude of the man who was thankful and the others who were not. So as they were all going, this man saw that he was healed. And he was so overwhelmed by the gift of healing he had received that he was shouting. He was not just saying, oh, thank you, oh, thank you. No, he was shouting, expressing his emotion. He was happy. He came back to Jesus to say thank you. And he fell on the ground at Jesus' feet. To show his appreciation, he worshipped. He worshipped. And thanked Jesus. But the Bible says he was a Samaritan. So where were the others? Where were the others? Because at that time, there was no cure for leprosy. As now we have cure for many diseases. There was no cure for leprosy. You become a perpetual and everlasting outcast. Whether you are rich or poor, you will remain outside the gate. You will not be with your family. Your family members will be distanced from you. You can only talk to them at a distance. And you are not allowed to mix with the good people of the town. So this man realized how valuable his healing had become to him. Imagine, I don't know how many years he was a leper. He had roamed the town. And when people see you coming, they will also be shifting and you are also supposed to be shouting unclean 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 how can you be shouting in the middle of the town i'm dirty i'm dirty i'm dirty how so that was his lot and so when he realized he was healed he knew that all these things were over he had also become another human being 
because they were not counted among human beings. And so he came out of gratitude and he thanked God for it. So the other nine, what happened to them? Well, I'm sure they also saw that they were healed. They were also healed, but um, they were also overwhelmed by the excitement maybe ahead. So they are in a hurry to go and see their family. They are in a hurry to start partying, to start socializing, to start seeing friends. In fact, if they had calls and if they had phones, oh, they would have been trying selfies all over the place, posting it on their status. I am clean. I am clean. I am clean. I am now counted among people and among human beings. And so they completely forgot to return and to say thank you. And sometimes we do that. When God helps us, when God blesses us, and or somebody does something good for us, oh, we forget, we forget. And then life becomes normal. And we just move on like that. So what are the disadvantages of not having a thankful heart? There are disadvantages. So there are many disadvantages for not having a thankful heart. So what is the opposite of it? The opposite of not being thankful is you become ungrateful. You have a feeling or a sense of entitlement. I deserve it. I deserve to have um, this house. I deserve to have this car. I deserve to pass all my exams. I deserve... um, So when you you actually get what it is. You, you are not awed by or impressed by getting the nice things in life. So you feel that you are really entitled to it. You become unappreciative and thankful. And it can result in memory, complaining, being cantankerous, irritable, it can become difficult and unreasonable. So let us look a bit at the journey of Israel, the Israelites from Egypt to the promised land. Very interesting. Very interesting. There were miracles, mighty miracles that we have never seen before in our lives. Which happened in Egypt. Water was turned into blood. Just for the sake of the Israelites. Just to push Pharaoh to let the people go. Flies, boils, lies, locusts. Their firstborns even died. And then they were released. They went happily, happily till the first problem came. That was, they were between the Egyptians and the Red Sea. And by God's grace, they managed to go through. And Miriam, who was the prophet then, led them in song. And they sang happily. One great deliverance had come. But for the rest of the journey, it wasn't like that. They complained and complained. Um, even manna, the word manna, a complaint. It is, the, the meaning of it is the complaint. Everything that happened, they complained. The least trouble, 
we want to go back to Egypt. Over in, over in Egypt, we were eating cucumber. We were eating garlic. We want to go back. We are tired of this manna. We want to eat meat. The water is bitter. There were times they even wanted to kill Moses because of all the complaints. They were not grateful. At the same time all these things were happening, they had light in the night. There was no electricity. No electricity when they were in Egypt. They did not experience electricity. But God gave them the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day. So, at least, I don't think they were very sweaty like they were in Egypt. I don't think they had light like they had when they were going to the promised land. God's presence was ever with them. Was ever perpetually with them. But no, they didn't see that. Even when the manna came, they complained and got manna. They didn't say thank you. When the water was from, became bitter and it, um, it, was, it became sweet again, they didn't say thank you. Anything God provided, it was like it was for them. They were entitled to it. They never said thank you. And they murmured and murmured till when we read First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. He says, Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. So that took them backwards. It took them backwards in their emotions. It took them backwards in their development, their emotional development, because they were not able to acknowledge God when he did all these things for them. Now the verse 11 says, Now all these things happened unto them for examples, and they were written for admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. So all the things that happened to them in the wilderness were written so that we would know and advise ourselves. So we are cautioned not to murmur. We are really cautioned not to murmur. Then there's also the disadvantage that, that is in Romans chapter 1 verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. They became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. So when you are unthankful, unappreciative, you become foolish. Excuse me to say, you become foolish. You walk in darkness. You just do what you like. You just do what you like. And your imagination becomes foolish. It becomes futile. It becomes useless. Many of us have many things God has blessed us with. We complain. We complain about our husbands. We complain about our children. We complain about our work. We complain about our bosses. We complain about our family. We complain about our friends. We complain about everything. And even we complain about the president. We complain to the point where we insult the president we insult ministers of state and we do it openly without any shame as if they really owe us something. Meanwhile, all the things that they are doing, you are doing small, small. They are doing it big, big, but you are just doing it small, small. Many people are stealing, but when Wyoming stole his um, 53 million, hey, there was chaos. 
50 pesos and 53 million. Same sin. Same sin. Ministers are telling lies through their teeth. You are also telling lies. You are complaining. But many times you become what you complain. Many times you become what you complain. So let's look at one example of somebody who didn't acknowledge God. So we'll go to um, Daniel chapter 4, verses 24 to 37. So I will just say briefly, what I, um, give a brief and then I will read it. Now, Daniel, um, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon. He was a very great king. And he ruled the, almost the entire world, known world at the time. This king was so great, and even God acknowledged that he had intentionally made that king very great. In some portions of the Bible, God refers to this king as Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. And God had given him so much power, so much power. So he had a dream, and he called Daniel for the interpretation. So from the verse 24, he says, This then is what it means, your majesty. This is Daniel speaking to the king and trying to explain the dream to him. And this is what the supreme God has declared will happen to you. You will be driven away from human society and will live with wild animals. For seven years you will eat grass like ox and sheep. You will sleep in the open air where the dew will fall on you. Then you will admit that the supreme God controls all human kingdoms and that he can give them to anyone he chooses. Hmm. But all these things, I'm moving to verse 28. All these things did happen to Nebuchadnezzar. So in the verse 29, it says, Only 12 months later, a year later, I'm sure he had forgotten the dream and the interpretation. While he was walking around on the roof of his royal palace in Babylon, he said, look, how great Babylon is. I built it as my capital city to display my power and might, my glory and majesty. Before the words were out of his mouth, a voice spoke from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, listen to what I say. Your royal power is now taken away from you. And you will be driven away from human society. You will live with wild animals and eat grass like ox for seven years. Then you will acknowledge that the supreme God has power over human kingdoms and that he can give them to anyone he chooses. So Nebuchadnezzar becomes mad for seven years. The kingdom was taken away from him. He, he was eating grass. He had become completely mad, like what we say. His mind had gone off, like the madmen we see on the street. That is what he looked like. I'm sure he had become black like them. The hair was mangled. His beard was mangled. And uh, I don't know how they managed to keep him. But um, from going out of the palace for people, I'm sure people didn't even recognize him anyway if he went. So, hmm, in the verse 36, it says, When my sanity returned, my honor, my majesty, 
and glory of my kingdom were given back to me. My officials and my noblemen welcomed me, and I was given back my royal power and even greater honor than before. And now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, he has added I, praise God, honor him, and glorify the king of heaven. Everything he does is right and just, and he can humble anyone who acts proudly. So Nebuchadnezzar was humiliated for not acknowledging God, for not giving him thanks, for not giving him praise till he did so. So we also, we can be humiliated though. We can be humiliated. So let's take note and keep giving glory to God. So First Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. He says, For who makes you differ from another? What do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? God gave us intelligence. He gave us beauty. He gave us riches, wealth. He gave us good health. Everything that we have, God has graciously given to us. And he expects us to return the praise. He expects us to acknowledge him. He also expects us to acknowledge the other human beings he has placed in our lives and who have um, and been a source of blessing. We all grew up in various neighborhoods. I'm sure we had friends we started class one with. We had friends we went to secondary school, university, and all that with. But if you look back, you will see that not everybody has ended up the way you have ended. I went to my hometown a few years ago. I met my classmate, my class one mate. We played along the streets of Sekendi. We would sit, you know, there was a wall we had to sit and then they would do pimpline. We always sat, sat together and we would just be giggling because we were kids. We just giggle at anything. If they do the pimpline, we will laugh. When I saw her, she was selling eggs and frying it and doing tea for a living. And she told me that one of her children had traveled and she didn't know where he was. I told her I would pray for her. But you see how far God has brought me in particular. God has brought me from far. Because I could have even been worse than Ifwa when I met her. I could have been worse than that. Things could have been so bad. Because she still lived in the neighborhood. She still lived where we used to live. And that is what had happened to her. We all have various gifts as we grow. God gives us various things. And we need to be grateful. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 11. The easy-to-read version says, I saw other things in this life that were not fair. The fastest runner does not always win the race. The strongest soldier does not always win the battle. Wise people don't always get the food they want. Smart people don't always get wealth. Educated people don't always get the praise and honor they deserve. When the time comes, bad things can happen to anyone. So we should be grateful for all the goodness that God has bestowed upon us. 
So why and how do we develop a thankful heart? We are not born with the graces of life. We are not born saying thank you. In fact, we are born very selfish and very carnal. When a baby is born, the baby doesn't care whether the mother didn't sleep the whole night. If he wants to cry, he will cry. If um, Whether the neighbors are asleep or not, this baby just doesn't care. Even as they grow, they will just throw all manner of tantrums. And we are the ones who teach them to say, say thank you. So when we give them something, we say, say thank you. And then they will say thank you. Say please. And then they will say please. So we all learned some graces of life as we grew up. So in the same way, in the same way, we got to learn this grace of life by saying thank you to God. So why do we say thank you? In Psalm 92 verse 1, he says, It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. So it is a good thing to do. It's a very good thing to do. And it is a command from God that we should thank him, we should praise him. Psalm 136 verse 3 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. So we are commanded to do so. It is also a good thing to do, and there are many benefits. Benefits, pa. So I'll read the benefits to you. It is a most likely thing for your faith to increase if you keep thanking God. Your faith will increase and you will please him. You become less worried, less stressed, less depressed, and you become less focused on yourself. That means you become less selfish in your attitude. Gratitude opens the door for more relationships. You relate better with people when you say thank you. So your relationship with other people improves. And so will your relationship with God. It improves your psychological health, your mental health, and your physical health. In fact, some research also says that you sleep better. I don't know about that, but I did some small research. And it improves your self-esteem. It improves the way you yourself, your emotional health, physical health, and everything about you when you start saying thank you to people and thank you to God. So what do we thank God for? What do we thank him for? The Bible says every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of light with whom there is no variables neither shadow of turning. So that is James 1.17. That's the King James Version we just read. So we thank him for the good gifts he has bestowed upon us because we came to the world with nothing. We came naked. We didn't have anything. We didn't come with cars. We didn't come with beautiful clothes. Some of us were Sakura. In fact, most of us were Sakura. We, we didn't um, know how to walk. We had to learn how to walk. Somebody had to feed us. We didn't know how to do anything for ourselves. The only thing we knew how to do was to eat. Was to eat and sleep. Eat and sleep. And we were just growing. We were just growing. We were just growing. So we need to thank God in recognition of his goodness, of his mercy, of his love. Paul always thanked God for the people in the churches. In all places he preached. In Colossians, you'll find it, him thanking 
God for the people in Philippians, you will find it. And through most of these epistles, you will find him thanking God for the people. But it also becomes difficult to thank God for bad people, eh? It becomes difficult to thank God for bad people. So, you thank God for their lives nevertheless because they are still living. There is always something good in somebody that you can see and thank God for. Amen. So, we are encouraged. We are encouraged to give thanks for people. As in First Thessalonians 1, 2, it says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. Sometimes as you thank God for individuals in your life, you will see the contributions that they have made. A few days ago, I think last weekend, I was just so overwhelmed by my friends, my family, so I put it on my status, that I really thank God for their contribution in my life. Because as you think about them, and as you think about what they have done in your life, all the quarrels and all the petty petty things will suddenly go away. All of it will suddenly go away, and you will start appreciating the people. Amen. We can thank God for our salvation. That is something we can't do for ourselves. We need to thank God for our salvation. Some people are not saved, and they are out there doing all manner of things. We normally do thank God for our good health. We thank God when it is our birthday. We thank God for the places we go, for the things that we have, for opportunities, and for the work. I normally tell the people who come to my office, don't work with those who complain. Don't. If you don't like the job and you don't like the money, go. Nobody is forcing you to continue to work. If you don't like the money, Move and go. It is better to go than to complain. Because when you were coming in, you were excited. And you knew by your appointment letter you were going to get 500 CDs a month. You had told. But immediately you get in, then you want to start complaining because you have gotten all of a sudden got some demonic revelation of how people are getting money and you are not getting some. It doesn't work like that. If you don't like the job, leave it. Okay, that is my personal view anyway. If you don't like your salary, leave it. It's my personal view. You see, because when you were going in, you were told by your appointment letter, especially government workers here. I met one friend. I think we were from a workshop. And she got an alert that her salary had come. She started raining insults on Mahama. I said, ah, what has Mahama done? He doesn't work at controller or... He doesn't determine your salary. He, she complained because we had just moved to single spine salary. And because the police were 50% below average and they just came to average, everybody thought that they were going to have such large increases. But they were 50% below average. The teachers were okay. Some were 100% plus above average. So they were trying to fix all these things. And she was just raining insults on Mahama. And I told her that. She has a good job. She should think of all the others that don't have a job like hers. She's able to go and come. Her salary supports her because of the job she has. We went for a workshop. So she should stop complaining. Mahama hasn't done anything. And then I blasted her small. 
So um, she, she thanked me. You know, we, we were in a car together, so she couldn't go anywhere. So um, we went like that. Amen. But it is not good to walk with people who complain. They just bring your spirit down. Just bring your spirit down. So we should give God thanks for all his mercies that he has shown towards us. There are many things, many things. In fact, there was a story that I read about a, a certain man who wanted to win the rodeo in America. You know, they ride the bulls. And then he went to a former champion. And the former champion told him one thing. He said, when the rodeo is over, don't walk with the complainers. If they complain, walk alone. And I thought that was a good thing. Because they will complain and they will bring your spirit down. It's like my exams. When you finish the exam and you discuss the questions, maybe you wrote the right thing. But those who wrote the wrong things have the loudest mouth. And they will shout and talk, and you will think that you have failed. By the time you realize what is happening, all your spirit is down. You will end up at home crying and depressed because you discussed the exam and they complained and made you feel some way. So I always advise my children, after the exam, don't talk to anybody. Don't discuss. Go home. You have written it. Just go and pray. Amen. So how do we continue to develop an attitude of prayer, of um, thanksgiving and prayer? We got to remember. Remembrance is key. Remembrance is key. You must remember. You must sit down and consider. So Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which is war to your ancestors as it is today. You must remember. You must remember where you are coming from. We are all coming from some village somewhere. Some village, some village somewhere. We must always give thanks. In First Thessalonians 5.18, he says, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, there is something praiseworthy. There is something praiseworthy. However, it is good to give thanks in good times and also in bad times. Sometimes we become, as Reverend Answer would say, myopic. Immediately some disaster happens, it mars the whole thing, and that is all that we see. So imagine, you failed one exam. Let's say you failed your BEC. What about class 1 exam? You passed. Class 2, you passed. Class 3. If you keep counting, you would have done over 100 tests plus 100 tests and um, what? Exams. You would have done over 100. So this one, just this one, just this one, if you calculate it over 100, 1 over 100 is what? 1%. Because of that 1%, all of a sudden, you have changed your atmosphere. Everything has come crumbling. Because of just one incident, you start complaining. But we got to remember. We have to remember the ten lepers and the one who returned. We have to remember. We have to remember. Amen. We have to remember. We have to remember 
all these things. And then we have to learn to see, to see differently. Because this Samaritan in the story of um, Luke, I mean, he saw something. He saw. I don't think it is just the ordinary seeing. Because, of course, all the others also were healed. It went beyond the ordinary seeing. So there's a type of seeing we must develop. Seeing the good in things. Seeing the good in things. Amen. Seeing the good in things. So sometimes it can become difficult when you have become extremely successful to give thanks to God. You forget. You become very busy in your schedule. Oh, um, I had a landlord or a landlady. She was deaf. But she used to go to Nigeria and come. Then suddenly she started going to Dubai. Hey, levels had come in. Levels had come in. So we all move from time to time, from level to level, in some blessing or the other. We should not forget. We should not forget where we are coming from. We shouldn't forget at all. We shouldn't forget. We shouldn't forget. We shouldn't be myopic when we experience all these sufferings of life. We should not forget. And because we don't have an overall view or picture of our life, of the circumstances, and of many things, just that brief moment, we misbehave by complaining. But Paul said one thing when he was in prison. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, he said, I want you to know, my friends, that the things that have happened to me have really helped the progress of the gospel. This is the man who was stoned almost to death. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten several times. They sought to kill him. He suffered many things for the sake of Christ and for the sake of the gospel. He says all these things that have happened, then he was in prison. They have happened for the furtherance of the gospel. We must learn to have an overall view of the whole show of our lives. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 says, And this small and temporary trouble we suffer. Small and temporary. That is how Paul described what had actually happened to him. The beatings and all that. I normally tell my Aquaba class, I would say that all the things that happened to Jesus in that film, it was very small. Very small because... Um, they made it a little bit more dignifying so that you can recognize Jesus when you see him. But the Bible says there was no beauty in him. There was no beauty in him. When you slap a thief, what happens to his face? It becomes swollen and um, disfigured. Jesus was slapped. But in the film, you see that he looked okay. I mean, but you see, all these things, you were supposed to have experienced it. And even your experiencing of all these things would not have sufficed because your blood is not even clean. It wouldn't have been acceptable. So whatever we suffer here cannot be compared, cannot be compared with the greater riches that we suffer. He says it cannot be compared. It cannot be compared with the eternal glory. It cannot be compared with the eternal glory. 
For we fix our attention not on things that are seen, but on things that are unseen. What can be seen lasts only for a time, but what cannot be seen lasts forever. We should glory in the cross. We should learn to glory in the cross. When you look at Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, they were beaten. They were shipped. They had been chained. So they had only their mouth to use to sink. And in that prison, a miracle occurred. A miracle that some of us have experienced because we have decided to use the principle of praise and worship when we are in problems. A miracle occurred. I remember um, one day, before I moved to Cantonment, um, there was a problem in my house. The former owner had decided to repossess the house. So I was at a meeting and Mama called. Hey, Mommy, they have moved all our things from the hall. And they have come to put their own, they are sucking us from the house. And she was telling me all manner of things. I said, okay, when I close, I'll come home. So I closed, I went home, and I locked the door. I said, nobody should come and disturb me, you're 30 minutes. I said to Demetri, I'm going to practice this thing and see if it works. Oh, I started praising God. But I was so overwhelmed by the suffering, I just kept crying and crying. Because, Charlie, it wasn't easy. (laughs) It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. So, I did that. But somewhere along, I just felt relieved. And that is how come we moved to Cantonment, which was even a better place than where we were living. Because no stress for the Sakumono traffic. We don't have to go in and out like that. I could walk to the office. Oh, life became very easy. Just that small suffering that I went through. Life became even easy on earth. And we were not even, you know, they did so many things which we cannot um, describe here. So sometimes it's just for a moment, a second. Endure it. It will pass. It is temporary. Your faith is being tried. It is an opportunity to step up your faith also and to thank God. So Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 says, Do not get drunk with wine which will only ruin you. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. And then he shows us how to be filled with the Spirit. Many times we are walking, um, how do I call it? We are being carnal. We are not being matured in our Christian growth. You want to be matured. You want to be spiritual. This is how it goes. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, speak to one another with words of psalms. Words of psalms. That means sing praises, say praises, think praises, hymns. You can sing hymns. Once in a while, I get my hymn book and I sit in the hall. And I would sing before I go and sleep. So hymns, hymns. Hymns. Hymns are good. You can sing hymns and sacred songs. Sacred songs. So sacred songs. Sacred songs. I emphasize that again. Sacred songs. And psalms to the Lord with praises in your heart. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Always giving thanks for everything to God the Father. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. 
always giving thanks. We need to give thanks to God. We must make a conscious effort to give thanks to God. One man of God says that if we don't grow anything, something will grow. You know, in Ghana, we brag that eh, when we throw tomato seed here, it will grow. Oh, when you do this, it will grow. But in some places, it's not like that too. Your heart is the soil for the word of God to grow, to germinate, and to bear fruit so that you can enjoy with yourself, your family, your friends, your relatives, and your church. And your body will tell you all manner of things. Your body will not agree to praising God and thanking God. So you have to create the atmosphere to do that. And you have to be at it intentionally. It will not happen by heart. So you can print scriptures and put them on your wall to remind you to thank God. I also do that from time to time. And I think it works. It works. Print Go to a cafe, print, put it on your wall. Put it on your wall. It will remind you. Put scriptures on your wall. It will remind you that you need to really thank God. So we want to learn that if you go about this intentionally every day, whether you mean it or you don't mean it, because first you will start by the fact that, oh, me, I'm saying this thing. It's like only my mouth that is saying it. Please keep at it. Oh. Don't be deceived. Keep at it. It is like teaching a child to read. I remember when we came to Cantonment, there was this young girl with me, Alberta Pinto. And I was teaching her to read 15 minutes a day. When we come, she will read that thing. And then 15 minutes will stop. One day when we were read, she was reading, she laughed. And I asked her, why are you laughing? Then she explained it to me. And I realized, ah, now the understanding has come. As she's reading, the understanding has come. Don't mind your body. Don't mind your mind. Don't mind anything. Just keep at it. It becomes a habit. It will enter your heart. And after a while, you will flow in it. It is not automatic that, oh, you have heard it, so um, you will do it. Make an intentional effort and put time for it. Amen. Let's pray. We want to think about all the goodness of God, all the things that God has done for us. Think about it. The people in your life that God has so graciously given to you. The people in your life that God has given to you. The things that you have received. Good things from the Lord. Good things. Many people don't have what you have. They are craving for it. Good things. Take time. January, February, March. Some got married this year. Some got promotions. Some heard the word this year and were saved. Thank God for your church, for your pastors, for your fellowship, for the goodness of the Lord. Thank God. God has been really good. Come 31st December, we are all going to be grateful to God. But it's something we need to develop throughout the year. It shouldn't only be 31st December that we are now remembering. Thank God. God has been good. Father, we want to thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, 
for salvation for our country Ghana for the so many things that you have bestowed upon us because of your mercies, your goodness, your love towards us. We pray that the spirit of thanksgiving, of worship and of praise will continually be with us. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. I want to invite I want to invite the audiovisuals to show us the movie from